0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: In 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic tipped how we worked on its head. What was considered inconceivable at the start of the year soon became the norm, like working from home, full time with a toddler on your lap, dogs barking in the background. So what about a four day work week? Has its day finally come? On this Working Life today, we revisit a show where we pit fact against fiction when it comes to the four-day workweek. Is it a utopian ideal or a realistic way to get ahead in business? I'm Lisa Leong and joining me today are a trifecta of CEOs who are well acquainted with the pros and the cons because all have introduced a four-day workweek into their companies. First up is Andrew Barnes. He's the CEO of financial services company Perpetual Guardian, based in Auckland. Andrew gave his staff the option to opt into a four-day week in 2018, an experiment he documented in his book, The Four-Day Week. He has become known as the architect of the four-day week and now consults with companies around the globe who are interested in doing the same. He explains why he has become so evangelical about it.
0: Well, I, I will be quite clear. I think this is the best thing I've ever done in the whole of my business career. Um, and it's a, a thing that I didn't expect to evolve into what is now a global four-day week movement. When I started this, this was purely an experiment for me to understand whether I could improve productivity in my own business if I changed the way people worked
1: let's dig into the details a little bit. So, you did a six-week trial. It was back in 2018 for your 250-odd staff. Can you go into the result first then?
0: Yeah. So, when we did the trial, we ran a set of research from Auckland University and Auckland University of Technology alongside. And what we found was we found that empowerment scores, so empowerment, enrichment, engagement, enthusiasm those scores for our staff went up 40%. Our productivity went up about 25%. And more people said they could do their job better working four days rather than five. Stress levels dropped 15%. And subsequently, we've seen things like sick leave drop by 50%. Uh, The caliber of staff coming to the company has gone up. And our turnover, staff turnover levels have dropped materially as well.
1: And so drilling down then into what you actually did, can you tell me what is the 180-100 model?
0: The thesis behind it is that we pay our staff 100% of their normal five-day salary. They only have to work 80% of the time. Provided that we get 100% of productivity. Now, why we use the 180-100 rule is because, first of all, that applies to people who are working, you know, five days or four days or three days or two days. We're, what we're saying to them is work less, work 80% of the time. We are also saying that don't work four days, which is for longer days. Statistically, the evidence suggests that doesn't improve productivity. Um, And what it also means is that we allow people to opt into the program and to choose which day or half day they take off. So we have staff who take a day off, staff who take two half days off or staff that work five days, but come in late or go in early. And that's usually parents who want to take their kids to school or indeed want to pick them up from school.
1: And only 75% of your staff have opted into this four-day week. Why is that, do you think?
0: Well, we think that no more than 85% of the company at any point in time will probably want to do this. We say that because that we have people who are joining the company. We make them do a five-day work week for a period of time before we shift them in. Uh, amazingly, there are a bunch of people who want to come to the office every day. They want to uh, – They want. it's part of their social fabric. They want to um, have the social aspects of work on a five-day basis, and you can't force people to go to four days. And I think the other thing is that there are people who just don't want to be held accountable for output. They're quite happy to just be held accountable to show up at nine and leave, leave at five, five days a week.
1: Does it affect the others? Is there a divide between the inners and
0: the outers? No, because the deal is we allow you to do this provided the, the productivity is maintained. Uh, the goals are set on a team basis. So if you choose to work five days, you're still only paid the five-day salary. If you can do the job in four, you're still paid the five-day salary. No one is disadvantaged here.
1: And so, it seems like this productivity target is very important. A lot hinges on it. Do you want to tell us a little yeah. bit about how that's um, actually calculated?
0: Well, what we what we did right from the get-go is we said to staff, actually, we have absolutely no idea how we're going to implement a four-day week. We, we want you to tell us two things, um, how you will do things differently and also how we should measure you. Now, this may sound bizarre, but I think an awful lot of companies if they're being honest, have absolutely no idea how to measure productivity. Most Mm -hmm. of us use time in the office as a surrogate for it. So what we got out of this process, because we're a service company, we got a lot more insights into what people were doing with their time. But critically, our people realized that they were doing a lot of things that were busyness or unproductive activity. And they realized that if they eliminated them, it was going to be quite easy to deliver the outputs that we were looking for in a shorter period of time. The the best example, the simplest example and way of this is Microsoft in Japan, who also implemented a trial four day week. And they did three things. They said, use Microsoft Teams, no more than five people in a meeting and no meeting more than half an hour and got a 39.9% improvement in productivity. And what that demonstrates is that we do spend a lot of time often at work being busy, but not necessarily being productive.
1: And so then how important is trust and company culture in this working well?
0: It's actually critical, Lisa. And I think, bizarrely, this is where COVID has actually come riding to our rescue. Because when I talk to a lot of companies and say, well, why don't you implement it? There are two things that people say. One, can I trust my staff to do their job in four days rather than five? And also, how do I measure productivity? Now, suddenly, we've all had to send our staff home. A lot of companies have come back and said, amazingly, our productivity Per person went up. And actually, they could found that they could trust their staff working from home. So the two big impediments to a four day week policy have gone. But to be clear, we call our policy a productivity policy. We uh, firmly position it in the context of delivering productivity in a shorter period of time. We don't talk about it being a work life balance policy albeit it does deliver that. Because unless we get the productivity outputs, it's not something that's sustainable.
1: And some would say, though, that now might not be the time to do it, given we're in a global recession. Surely this is a risky move for a company's bottom line. What's your reaction to that?
0: Well, first of all, it's not a risky proposition for the bottom line because we found our productivity and profitability went up. In fact, when we went into the the really quite intense lockdown that existed in New Zealand, in the three months that we were through that process, we had two record months and one month that just missed it by about $57,000 because my company was completely resilient. It was used to operating with somebody not available, somebody out of the office on their regular rotated time off. So. What happened there is that we were able to operate incredibly effectively. But if you look forward, we now have challenges. We've got whole industries which are not coming back or where we're going to have reduced levels of activity and we're probably going to have to upskill, retrain our workforce. Now, my argument is the four day week can be part of that recovery process in that We can preserve jobs. It may well be in the short term. Some companies will have to drop salary to uh, align it to a four-day week. But we can have a path back to paying for five days. But then there is time for upskilling and retraining. And the best examples of this is the Kuzabite in Germany, which they used during the GFC, which was a four-day week with the government assisting in topping up salaries on that fifth day, And and you're seeing this movement across Europe. Social Democrats, for example, in Austria have just come out with a very similar policy. And it's all linked to job preservation, but retraining, upskilling to reposition the workforce for the challenges of the future.
1: So is the global interest in the four-day week growing despite the impact of the pandemic on the global economy then?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, In fact, we are probably getting more calls now for assistance from global companies than we have ever had before. And that's because we've now all recognized that flexible working is here. Uh, A lot of companies, you know, from the largest companies in the world are are coming down and saying, well, we're not going to send our people back into the office. Now, once you're not sending people back into the office, it's a very short step to say, well, how do we reimagine the work environment and how do we change it? And very clearly, if you've eliminated things like commuting from the daily uh, pattern, then actually you're in a position to start reimagining the work week down to four days.
1: And what types of companies and industries are most interested in this?
0: are inevitably, it's mainly service industries that we deal with. But to be clear, there is, um, if you look at Volkswagen in Germany, the Metal uh, Award with the union there, they've been on a four-day week, reduced hours week, for I think it's about five years now. So you can do it in manufacturing as well as do it in service industries. But the people we're talking to are mainly service industries but we also have a couple which sadly i can't name names a couple of the the world's largest companies starting to talk about how they could introduce it on a trial basis in into their businesses
1: and critics might say that there are some industries where this 4-day work week it can't work for because they're less flexible maybe like hospital staff paramedics what do you think about that
0: well, first of all, no doctor works seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You're already on shifts. So by definition, that's missing the point. This is about your staff, not your operations. And so very clearly, you could reduce the hours that a doctor works. You might need more doctors. You might need more nurses. The evidence of this, by the way, and there was some research done in Sweden on this is that when they did reduce the hours, the quality of healthcare went up, the number of accidents in in the facility went down. They then found there was less sick days, there was less turnover. And when they looked at it in a simple economic sense, they found there was no difference in the overall bill by having a four-day week. An interesting stat is the Americans kill 120,000 people a year in their health service as a consequence of misdiagnosis occasioned by stress and overwork. So, you know, this is a big issue. If you look in that in the context of the deaths that we're seeing worldwide in COVID and the amount of money we are expending to preserve life, but yet we are saying that we're happy to have that sort of death rate in our medical services because we're overworking our doctors and nurses.
1: I'd like to bring two more CEOs into this conversation now. Kath Blackham is the founder of Digital Agency Versa and Nikki Beaumont, Heads Up Recruitment Specialist, Beaumont People. Welcome both. You've both taken your companies to a four-day week but with different models. So Kath, let's start with you. You have 55 staff in your company and you brought in the four-day week two years ago. Why did you do it? It really came
2: down to wanting to do something around the mental health kind of pandemic, if you like, that I felt was happening in our industry. I could see lots of particularly young people that were very burnt out, that weren't coping. And I wanted to provide a an environment really that I could see would be sustainable in the long term, where I could keep staff for a long time, which is what our clients were wanting. So we get paid for five days a week. We just do them over four. Or if you can get everything done in a shorter amount of time, then that's fine. So it's very similar. We we saw productivity go up, not down. We saw profits go up. We saw revenue um, go up significantly. So all of the metrics, and I guess I would echo that everything that Andrew said, the four-day week for us had such a massive impact on our business from a positive sense that we, I, I started out thinking that it was a mental health initiative and it was something that I was willing to take a hit on so that I could move the needle from a mental health and diversity perspective. But what I ended up with is a much better company with a better calibre of staff, better staff retention, like every way that you could measure a company, we have been better at because of the four-day week. And that has continued through COVID.
1: Apart from mental health benefits, Kath, you argue a four day week can also help with gender diversity at work. How? I'm not proud to say this, but it's just when you work in
2: the tech industry, we have a lot of males in our organisation. But by allowing them the flexibility of having this day off, so that they can go and do the shopping, they can do some of the you know at the moment it's homeschooling, but they can go and and pick that up rather than it just being a female's job. So, and what that means is that their partners that have um, that instead of looking after the children, they feel like they can go back to work because they've got the support of their partner. So it's not just about providing an environment and we have lots of different things that ladder up to allowing females to come back in and feeling empowered to you know, work in the workplace and have it all and have a family and everything. But this is a really important initiative also for the males in our organisation so that they can support their partners as well.
1: Now, Nikki, you have 40 staff and you brought in the four-day week in February this year using the same model as Andrew. What was the initial reaction when you first suggested it?
3: Look, we've had mixed reactions from the very beginning. My managing director, Nina, initially was like, no, I don't think so. I'm not ready for that. Thank you very
1: much. (laughs) What was that reaction about, do you think, Nikki?
3: You know, I think, look, we had so much other stuff going on and I am the queen of fabulous ideas um, in our business and some of them fly and many of them don't. And you know what? She was probably right at the time, you know, in hindsight, that it was one more thing to add on to a long list of things that we're trying to achieve in the business and hadn't really got her head around it herself. So her reaction was, I'm not sure. It was probably about six months later when I brought the conversation up again because, you know, sometimes the best way to get your ideas out there is to just park them for a little while bring them back. And then, you know, at that time she was like, yeah, actually I've have heard more about it. I've been reading it and, and I'm really on board and interested. And uh, so, yeah, we then took that to the management team. And again, a mixed reaction, you know, I would say 80% of my management team were like, yes, I love this idea. I, I'd like it for myself. I have no idea how I'm going to make this work, but I certainly like it for myself. Thank you very much. And 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 20% of my management team were like, I'm sorry, I just don't think this is going to work. This is going to be the ruin
1: of us. And you're still in the trial phase of this. What's been the result so far?
3: Yeah, look, I mean, we, we, we're we certainly a lot later on in the journey than Andrew and, and Kath. So only starting in February didn't give us an awful lot of time before COVID hit and, <laughs> and turned our world upside down just a little. But that time that we did have before COVID hit was so positive, it was just so positive. And the feedback from the team was just incredible, and from the clients, from the candidates and from the wider community over that time. You know, we had so much attention um, it was great and um, you know so many people wanted to join the business and uh, and the feedback from the team doing it they just loved it you know the smiles on the faces for me was you know was all I needed because for us it wasn't about productivity it wasn't necessarily about mental health it was about I just wanted to give people more choice I wanted to give people the opportunity to be the best working environment that we could possibly give them so for me it just came from just being the best that we can be being a little bit better and and doing something a little bit different
1: and so Nikki what would your response be to people who say well given we are in the midst of a recession right now is now the time to be experimenting with something like this
3: You know, I actually think it is because we actually put it on hold at the very beginning of COVID because our productivity measures that we had went out the window, you know, in a recruitment business, the job flow obviously went down quite substantially. And so our productivity measures changed dramatically, which meant, you know, people weren't able to meet the productivity measures that they were meeting. So it took us a while to kind of recalibrate and work out what the new productivity measures needed to be before we could kick it off again but you know what since then I really hear that we've done a lot better than many of our peers Mm. in the industry because people are very keen to meet their productivity measures because they're very keen to keep the four-day week so um, and of course with everybody working from home you know nobody's looking over their shoulder you know it is very much as Andrew said it's very much based on trust it's very much based on outcomes um for people to get their four-day week, whatever form that takes. And a bit like Andrew, ours is a bit of a 180-100 rule. We don't close like Cath does on a Wednesday. We can't do that because of our customer expectations. But, but yeah, I would say, you know what, Um, it's definitely something to be
1: seriously considered. And what about you, Kath? What's your response to that? I think
2: that COVID is a perfect time to relook. I, I know lots of business owners that are just throwing everything out the window and starting again. So I think this is a great time to plan. And I think it's also a great time to trial things that maybe during busier times, you might feel kind of nervous that you're not going to have enough time to do things. But when it's a bit quiet. You can actually trial these things and see what the um, response from staff is. I, like Nikki, had a terrible response from my management team when I first, um, and I had to do a month trial. Then I had to, uh, they would only agree to a three month trial, then a 12 month trial, and then I got the go ahead to go. So even though I own the business 100%, I still had a lot of people saying that this is not possible. So, I would just say, start with a small trial and see the benefit.
0: In you know, Lisa, I would I would agree with with the other, the comments. Really, interestingly, uh, I think my management team were about eighty percent anti when I first suggested it, <laughs> uh, and, and I think my uh, and my board. Uh, the only way I got round the board is I announced it on national television first. So. <laughs> fundamentally there was very little like they could do about it but but i i think the reason why it's a good time to do it now is that bizarrely your people because they're not in the office because they're not being interrupted they're probably working longer hours as well you don't have your day punctuated by the the commute and so actually one thing that the four day week does is it actually helps you to actually keep your staff from working pretty well all the time. Because as people get nervous and thinking about, gosh, am I going to keep my job, the natural reaction is to start earlier and finish later. So, bizarrely, it's more relevant probably now than it's ever been.
3: Nikki? And I think the other thing just to, to add here on top of all that is that – and this is something that I learned from Andrew, you know, when I was researching how the heck do you he make this work myself – was – implementing this from the bottom up you know this was Andrew's words that resonated with me was you know the only way to make this happen just like I said then is get the guys to work out how to do it and and you know to I admitted as you know the founder and CEO I don't know how this is going to work but if you think you'd like to make it work guys then you tell us you know and that really was the best advice and actually is the best advice for a lot of things in your organisation.
1: So thank you very much for that, Andrew. Uh, it was brilliant. <laughs> Andrew, is it also important how it's framed to staff and it's sort of the gift of a four day week rather than a right?
0: Yeah, look, My thesis was colored a little bit by the French experience, so the French legislated a 35-hour week. They got a small spike in productivity at the start, benefits, work-life balance benefits, but then over time, productivity started to drop down again because if you – know that your day, your work week is shorter, there is no incentive to make sure you're doing everything possible in the hours that you're working. And so by making it a gift, we're very clear, if if you don't meet your side of the deal, the 100% productivity, we can say, right, guys, everybody in on the fifth day, and we're back to working normally. Now, that means that first of all, You've got to look at it yourself. I don't want to lose my four-day week. But then you've also got to look at your colleagues, and you've got to realize that if you don't pull your weight, you're not accountable to me. You're accountable to them because if you don't pull your weight, they lose their four-day week. We had a team that failed, and we took it off them. Yeah, there you go. so that was the important thing. We've demonstrated that we mean it. You know, if you don't deliver, then back to five days, guys. Thanks, all. Thank you. Thank you
1: very much. Thanks, Lisa. Kath Blackham, CEO of Versa, Nikki Beaumont, CEO of Beaumont People and Andrew Barnes, CEO of Perpetual Guardian. And if you want to learn more about this, Andrew's book is called The Four-Day Week. And if you enjoy our show, please send this podcast to a friend. Our goal is to make work a better place for all and that's how you can do your bit to help. Help them find the sunshine at work. Thanks to producer Maria Tickle who's very much hoping her boss, David Anderson, is listening to this episode, we might just share it with him. Tune in next time to hear exactly how we can help you get motivated at the start of another work year. Spoiler alert, it's not free beer and pizza, although that does sound nice. I'm Lisa Leong, and until next week, keep working.
0: You've been listening to an ABC podcast.